Hey, this is Mick Steele. Welcome to the High Note Podcast. Man, you got the <laughs> voice, Mick. You got it going on. Yeah, before you leave, we need to do like a promo, like welcome to the. It's just randomly, just, <laughs> welcome to the High Note Podcast with Hank Berman and Jesse. L. Just, just to okay. have that voice on there, that's beautiful. Sure, Man. sure, we can do that. Yeah. Save us a I'm, chunk I'm, of change. <laughs> I hope, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I've always kept that as like the. Uh, the backup, the, the ace in the ace hole, in the hole kind of, you know, if everything else goes to whatever. Well, I, I, you know. I, seriously, I've always admired your radio <laughs> voice. You've got that. You I, have the tonality. Hank's got a good voice, time. too. I mean, you do have a solid voice. That's the ravages of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to editing these podcasts, I don't have to really. The only thing I do is kind of kill some reverb, and that's about it. Yeah. But with but now I'm hearing his voice, and right. so now I'm seeing I'm yeah. seeing the caliber of it's it's cool. <laughs> Anyways, so tell us about one. How do you know Hank? And I want to just dive into everything you do because it's very interesting. And I know that Ground Zero um, has taken the coast by storm. In my opinion, I hear it, I hear about it all the time now. Yeah, the um, that I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I was kind of going over this in my in my mind of when. Hank and I did actually meet, and I think it was actually before Morrison Brothers, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, but prior to... E yes. Um, I, I want to say it might have even been when the, the band was playing, uh, the band being changed, changed to Eden, Eden yeah. was playing uh, uh, the Thornton's Place at the foot of the bridge, Ocean Springs Bridge. Below. Oh, okay, the, the, uh, the, the factory. The factory, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I remember, because Forrest Fields was a, a family friend. I'd known Forrest and his sister for a long time. And the band was making waves. People were talking about how good the band was, and, which they were, uh, and I guess collectively and individually still are. But but uh, I remember going to hear you guys were doing the Smiths and some other stuff that nobody was really doing at the time, and I thought that was really cool. But yeah, we met, and then we just kind of hit it off and have been friends ever since and talking business and and other stuff as well, but the the I have to drop the Morrison Brothers oh, yeah, okay. story. Do you do you want to go into yeah, that? Yeah, go already? ahead. Sure. So this this was sort of a high mark for us because we uh, once changed Eden got rolling really really well. We we played the dock in Jackson, which I don't know if you were ever there, but it was out on the end of a pier. It was such a cool club. It was at the Reservoir, the Ross yeah, Barnett Ross Reservoir, Reservoir, and everybody would go there on Sundays, and everybody would go there normally uh after hours but that being said the dock and there was a couple other places that did really good nightly weekends and you guys crushed it up there changed the yep. end was a big hit so yeah they were in a they were in the resort area so they could show yes. up and later so anyway what ended up happening was the like i said it was out on the end of a pier and so when you load out from after doing the show you know, you have to bring stuff all the way up to the truck and then you walk back and get more. And so in doing that, this was, you know, me being naive, I guess, at the moment. But I didn't leave someone at the truck. And when we got to the hotel, we realized two of the guitars were, were missing. And it was, uh, there were two pretty significant guitars. Yes. If, if, if one of them, a Les Paul custom with the gold Bixby and all that right. stuff on it. And right. then the other one was a Fender Santa Rosa which is a thin body, uh, hollow body guitar. Right. Pretty, pretty rare, I would think. Yeah, I mean, yes. you, you don't see those out no, you much don't. back then. Though. So 
the next day, I go to Morrison Brothers. I knew Hank was at Morrison Brothers, but I go into Morrison Brothers. Music was on the south side of Jackson, and I see Hank and just put the word out to him. Hey, if anyone, if you hear of anyone wanting to sell a Fender Santa Rosa or, or a Les Paul Custom, please let me know because two of ours were stolen that night. So it wasn't a day or so. Hank brings me up. Hey, man, your guy came in. And so he got his number. And back then, you could you could actually um, call, you know, we, when, when 411 still existed. Oh, my gosh, is, I forgot about Remember direct, directory wow. assistance, you know? <laughs> yes. And so the, what I did was I, I, and I'd done this before, so I knew I could do it, but I, I, I uh, dialed 411 and just, you know, uh, I have the number, but uh, for some reason I don't have the address. Can you give me the address to this? And Lord. they did, and she gave me the address. Turns out it was right behind Morrison Brothers. Yeah. So I ease over to that house and kind of check it out. And then, and you're not supposed to do this. I don't hope, I hope I don't get in trouble for doing this. But disclaimer: Don't try this. Disclaimer: Yeah, don't. So I popped open the mailbox and I looked on there and I got the name. Right. So I had the name, the location, the phone number. Called up deputy Ketchum. <laughs> nice said, going Columbo. yeah man and it was like one more you know, one more thing and sure enough man it was and you know the process started rolling yeah and you know we were on a gig in starkville actually and i get this phone call and this guy saying uh hey uh i uh, heard you had some guitars missing and i i know the i think i know the guy that has them and you know and i'm going right. So I'm going, yeah, I think I do too. (laughs) (laughs) So busted. So I'm like, uh, look, you know, cut to the chase. Uh, Here's the deal, man. You you need to get those to deputy catch them. You know, we'll, you know, I ended up, I ended up, you know, we went through the whole process where we went to court, small claims court and all this. And I just charged them for the time and the expense, you know, or whatever, but uh, just you know, not the mental, cruelty. but it was a, it was a, a success story. Yeah, it my, was on my end. You know, I had moved up to Jackson, and I lived in Jackson for I lived there for ten years. But it was almost a rite of passage. Was Morrison Brothers music? It was like everybody that played music, professional musicians in Jackson, worked there. At Morrison Brothers, I'm going to kind of spread this out. Morrison Brothers was the place. I mean, they always had the first of everything new. They had clout, uh, the brothers. Um, they 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 were in good with uh, with the reps and all. So there was always uh, new stuff there. And I be, it was kind of like the story is kind of like, I'm I'm like Starsky or Hutch and, and <laughs> my little huggy bear out there. Man, word on the street is you know that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> I told I told this guy. He says I can find him for you, and he's the guy. This guy went and he he did the legwork, and he because he was connected with those folk. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. The the wherewithals. That's right. The inner circle there that yeah. don't really live in the <laughs> in the the, the rigidness of uh, law and order. Yeah. But anyway, so but the, but it was a good story because yeah, a happy story because they got them back. We and, got the guitars back, man. It was that's good, rare. Yeah. That's rare. When it's, it's, it is thing, rare. It's it's a big world out there, and sometimes you know these guys they they do oh. what they can, but yeah. uh, you know I've had I I think it's a it's another rite of passage is having something stolen. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that you want to be able to brag on or to say, but um, we've all for the most part been there. Ninety nine percent of us yeah. has, especially back in those days. You know, and alcohol didn't much help either. Not paying attention sometimes, but but I remember uh, leaving a gig once, and I was I was 
going in this after hours place where everybody went back then when there was such a thing as jam sessions on the coast, which is one thing that I think the coast misses is, you know, a way for the musicians to, to bond together. And it wasn't so much, yeah, well, I'm playing over here, this kind of thing of, you know, trying to elbow you out. It was, everybody worked together. They really did. There's always yeah. that competition, which is part of the job. But anyway, um, so I had a van and uh, pulled up to this place and locked it, went inside, came back. My brand new guitar was stolen and had some leads, and but, but I didn't have the happy ending didn't, that, that yeah, you guys yeah. did. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's why I'm so fond of that yes, story because yeah. it's, it, it, does, it has the happy ending. It does. It does. And, and I do, there was, it, it happened one more time. Did we, it really? Yeah, we did get a, another guitar back. Uh, that one was even more bizarre because it was a fan of change to Eden's that lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wow. And, and, uh, it happened in Memphis. And so I get a phone call from him and he says, Hey, my cousin, <laughs> my cousin lives in Memphis and his roommate came home bragging about stealing a guitar from change to Eden. And he oh, hates geez. his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good, for good thing for y'all that he hated. So, yeah, him, yeah. So he gave you know he gave me the address number. I drove up there. I'm knocking on the door at six o'clock in the morning. The guy. It turns out I knew the guy. He answers the oh, door. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the good a, guy or the bad? The guy? bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah, the 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 sticky course, sticky finger guy. Of course you knew him. You know, and uh, and sure enough, you know he he. Unreal. It's, you know, same thing. Uh, oh, well, what are you doing here? You know, uh, right. uh, I think you know why I'm here, man. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I actually got some tears out of him. Oh, did you? Yeah, he started breaking well, down. You were you a know. veteran like, by then. You, by you, then, man. You by know. then, you knew how to turn it. Just... Remington Steel didn't have anything <laughs> on right. me, Well, man. you look a lot like uh, Remington. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> that's it. Those are my two success stories with that's... the you know, getting gear back. And that's great. There's few and far between, unfortunately. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from Gulfport. Okay, so you're, you're, Gulfport, you're yeah, a coast, coast guy. guy. Coast guy. Yeah, I got introduced to the music business, um, strangely enough, by um, I had a bunch of vintage clothing in the back of my pickup truck, and I went to, went to a buddy of mine's crawfish boil, and that's where I met the Change to Eden guys. Huh. And it was literally like a, Hey, you guys need a stage image. Uh, come check out these vintage jackets. You know they were from the uh, the, the old M. Sloan store in downtown Gulfport. Oh yeah, he had oh um, the the grandfather right Mitch would, Mitch's yeah he would grandma. always put the leftover stock in the attic uh, because he he felt like you know the the styles come back around which they do and so a buddy of mine uh, ended up getting the the contract I guess you would say to clear out the attic. And he's, you know, he and his wife started a vintage clothing store with all that stuff. I mean, it was wow. so incredible. Curly jackets with the yeah. long lapels still had the price tag in them. Oh, wow. I mean, it was Boy. amazing. And it went back. Uh, there was some stuff from the turn of the century in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Union suits were, were these, oh, yeah. you know, underwear that, that I don't know what time frame that is actually from, but. But there were so much thousands of ties, those real thin ties. Wow! And, oh, it was amazing. So it was a lot of fun. But, but that's that was my introduction to the music business. <laughs> is these guys were like, well, well, hey, um, come by the rehearsal, and then, hey, we kind of need someone to manage, and then, hey, you know, and the Crom McHenry had to leave from doing sound. That's it's right, like, Crom. Hey, um, 
can you do sound? And then it was, you know, back then there weren't really schools that you went to for this. Right. I'm, I'm talking uh, early 80s. Yeah. And um, I mean, maybe there were, but no, I wasn't aware of them. What's the one in full, uh, full Sail? Is that the one? In- yeah, that was, that was nowhere near being, yeah. being around. Right, then, that's you know. one of the more, more well-known ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is now. And I, I recommend uh, people, you know, recommend young sure. musicians or young uh, engineers, I recommend it, you know, go get, get some knowledge on it, you yeah. know, and then get in there and start going after it, you know, yeah, right. but that's, that wasn't the way I went about it, but, <laughs> but, you, but your, your story, you just stumbled into it, just happened just, to, happened to go to a crawfish boil, happened that changed to Eden was yeah, there. Yeah. It just, it just ended up that way. And the, uh, Gary Smith, the guitar player yeah, changed to Eden. Yeah. He and I were both working at UPS, <laughs> and and at the time, early eighties, hey, good place to work. That was the place yeah, to work. I mean, UPS. it was like the best job on the coast, you know, by far. And well, you know, one of the best ones. And mm-hmm. and I think back on it now, you know, on on uh, you know, I'm so blessed to have the parents that I do that are just so supportive and. That's cool. But I'm sure deep down inside that had to break my dad's heart when he. I'm telling him. Well, I'm going to quit UPS and I'm going to go on the road with this band because it just it just feels better. <laughs> no. did, did he did he give you the look or did he give you the look away of? I'm he, so he probably did. He probably did give me that look and uh, and you know I mean I didn't you know they gave me their blessing yeah. and I think once I hit about the the five year or six year mark. Yeah. of sticking with it right they kind of i i could kind of feel that they were you know on board they were okay now. With they're it. like okay well this looks more like than it's just gonna... a fleeting thing a yeah yeah like, like just you know. trashed my uh my career at <laughs> yeah. ups for that. Yeah. well one thing that jesse uh, and you and i both have in common jesse's dad well-known musician on the coast played in the band coast for years and bill nice nice man not just because jesse's here or that bill's listening hey bill <laughs> um but we've all been blessed with parents that were supportive or, or, or even, even more than supportive were, were not non-supportive. Yeah. You know, if that's yeah. what you want and your dad, Jesse, being a, a, an experienced musician, he, he knows and knew, you know, and, and my parents, the same, never, never blinked an eye. If that's what you want to do, you know, I'm sure behind closed doors, there was that conversation i'm like yeah just like my brother or just like somebody (laughs) what's he gonna do you know but 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 we all had that support and you know and there's many many who have not had the support and have made it and have done quite well way and far beyond us but it sure does help it sure does help and it does follow your bliss yes yeah my uh the muse my parents uh i was never built for college i shouldn't have even gone to college but uh my dad when he was you know, in the coast and everything. I mean, this is 1976, 80s, 90s. And then, of course, as inflation rises and stuff, and I get started, I start booking gigs. And he, when it comes down to the, come down to the price point, he's like, he started seeing what you can price. And he's like, you can make a living out of this versus what he was doing, splitting it five ways. Right. So he steered me very well into the direction of it could become a career. Yeah. And it has. And so I'm very, very thankful for that. And I do feel, you know, not sorry because everybody, can find their own way but you know having a good support system if you're trying to be a musician or in sound or anything to do with the music industry you know having a good support system is just a leg up it really yeah, is sure. yeah, if you don't exactly. have it you got a lot of barriers to break through but if you break through them i mean people have done it and yeah they're sometimes huge so yeah, yeah. well your college uh, degree there uh, jesse hasn't really hurt you 
No, it, it wasn't a waste of time. Uh, so. It was a lot of student loans, though. So, <laughs> uh, a lot of capital that could have invested. I call in you all loans. the time. You know, do, do you like to pay a student loan? <laughs> I can help you with that student loan. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm actually almost. I think I have one more year on my student loans. I'm really? done. I'm gonna once I get that letter that the student loans been paid off. It's going on the wall somewhere. You're going to frame it, put oh, it over yeah. the mantle. That's a big deal. That's right. It, it is, is a big, big deal. Yeah. So, um, You're one of the few that are. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, so ground zero, right? Yep. So tell me that process of getting in there. And literally, I've heard it from everybody who's walked in here. We've It's been mentioned. And at first when I saw it, I was like, okay, it's a venue. It's not a casino. It's a venue. And it's going to be offering music and food. But is it really going to be able to stand against the casinos and stuff and it really has like in a big way like it's it's one of the number one in my opinion stages on the gulf coast oh hands down it's um it's it's also and to echo what jesse's saying my thought process was well it's great that we have a, a blues venue i mean above and beyond it's a it's a blues venue with r&b and other styles that you know that cross but there's that one common thread of it but it's been uh after it was the department store, Crest and all that, um, back when we were kids, uh, it's been a few nightclubs and stuff that never seemed to quite make it in that building or that area. So that was my quandary about it. That was my thoughts. Was it, is it going to be able to sustain? And obviously it has, and that's a great feather in y'all's cap and a great feather uh, in, in, uh, on the, for the coast, supporting it and people that come in. So... Yes, and and um, I agree. I think I think uh, the timing was pretty key in That's, this because yeah, I can see that coming out of you know COVID when everything came to a screeching halt in the music business, um, it uh, the timing of it um, falling right out of COVID. Uh, the I think a number of the casinos have backed off on the entertainment and yes, they're they not have. they're not you know not all of them but a number of them have well it used to be seven you know, days they, a week or yeah, five days a week yeah and least, it's, it's you know. dwindled down to a lot of bands once like, a month yeah you know, and certainly the band aspect of it has yeah has, yeah and so and then the other thing is that when you when you mentioned the blues uh also feel like the uh that's really not i mean there are some of the larger artists but the and in, in general that's not what the casinos are interested in. It's so, uh, mm-hmm. in other words, it's filling a void yes. that that hasn't been yes. presented on the coast. You know, um, the um, so that's so that's really key, and that's that's a, a unique thing about it. Uh, the uh, when you speak of that that area as well, um, uh, I can remember after I was working at the Hard Rock, you know, for quite a while yes. there, and I, when I would. Uh, uh, I would even go by there at night after I would get off and just like look in the window of that building and say, what, what can we do with this? You know, I mean, it was Crest Live. That's they had, a, they had a good run, yeah. you know, but I, and I was just like, at a, you know, dreaming or imagining or going, you know, this, this has potential. I mean, do we need to do a comedy club? Do we need to do right. this? Wait, do we need to do that? That's where Crest Live was? Yeah. I did not know that. I yeah. never went. I never went to Crest Live, but I yeah. did not know that's what it was. Yeah, and they had, you know, they had they had some success there. I think they were open a couple of years, yeah, at they least were. Two, or, two or three years, and and um, 
course, the Afro Man video is yeah, you, know, you beat me to it. I, it was on the <laughs> tip of my tongue. Is that where the Afro Man yeah. sort of happened? I, I love telling some of the uh, some of the artists when they come in and they're setting up on stage, and I'll mention it. You know, did, did you ever see the Afro? And they'll go, Oh yeah, yeah. I say, Well, it happened right there where you're standing, <laughs> and they're going, No way! You know, oh, wow. So that was claim to fame. I remember the first time I saw that clip. It was like I'm watching like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whoa! What the yeah. hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, the oh other my. really cool thing in and of um is that there is a lot of revitalization happening in the downtown Biloxi area, uh, specifically with the two owners, uh, uh, Jeff and Lee Young, uh, their involvement with the Ground Zero Club. But also with the the rejuvenating the Barks building uh, next door, that's to, right, uh, yes. all the way to the corner, and then it wraps around to the Sanger Theater. So, so you know that's that's really um, exciting yes. to be involved in. Wow! In, oh, it must be. And and, and, it, and on the other side, we're excited to see what happens and where it's going. Mm -hmm. That was the the thing I remember when uh, Vu Marche came to be, and they were going to close down that part of make it wa a walking area, the the Howard Avenue part. Uh, where the Sanger, I mean, that was gosh, such a, a vital part of Biloxi. I mean, that was Biloxi, you know, in the 50s, 60s and, sure. and before that. And uh, But I remember that the, the talk was at the time of it's going to be turned into an entertainment type thing, mostly, you know, cafes, Bourbon Street without the strip clubs or, or without the trash, yeah. you know, it was uh, on the ground. It was it was more going to be, you know, restaurants, music, you know, arts and stuff like that. And then it, uh, it seems to me um, that uh, that businesses, specifically banks and and attorneys, and that were very quick to ooh jump in on this this place that was going to be that because because it, it was nothing it, it was such a dead area and they got it grandfathered in and it was such I mean they got good deals so that kind of that dream of for us looking on the outside in kind of drifted away it was like oh well they didn't. T quite take like we wanted it or hope that it would mm -hmm. but with the advent of lee and and uh and his uh, jeff and the, and that coming on i think it's gonna finally get to where it, it should be it could be and and reach its potential yeah i agree i agree it's definitely on a um a upward yes uh you know yes um and ground zero is very instrumental in this as uh, bringing people to the area it's like oh this is nice or looking around i i see it when i play there or, <clears throat> excuse me, when I've been there with other people and it's like, oh, this is really cool. They can do a lot with this area. Well, like yeah. you're, you're fill, you said you're filling that void. When people, not locals per se, but a tourist comes through here and yes. they go to the state of the casino or something like that. And they're coming to Mississippi from anywhere that doesn't really know like the Southern you know, culture. Yeah. They're expecting, oh, I'm in Mississippi. I've got to hear blues music somewhere. Like just just off the top of their head because they're in Mississippi and like Hank said this on one podcast that we're not really it's never been like a blues atmosphere down here because you know we got the coast it's more coastal it's pop rock and stuff like that so it is filling that void of a lot of tourists probably coming down here and finding that and be like wow this is this is that blues feel from Mississippi that I've you know pictured in my mind when I was traveling here yes I, I had said that uh, uh, because. People just like Jesse was saying that they, uh, from all over the world, nationally, internationally, they think that it's all Mississippi is all cotton fields. It's, it's kind of going away now, but that the thought was always that it's kind of a rural uh, uh, farming type thing uh, in the coast, of course, fishing. But but that's 
that uh, when well, we all know that's not the case but that but musically it carried over and people thinking oh well it's going to be delta blues well there's no delta where we are well and it's great music yeah and we love it and we all know being from the coast that it, you know the coast is sort of a separate entity in in and oh, all you right know, from, from, the rest from of the New Orleans state. to Pensacola or Panama yeah. City, it's a different, whole different thing than the rest of our states. But what that's the um, that's the important thing about the original Ground Zero that uh, Bill Luckett and, and Morgan Freeman started in Clarksdale. The difference there is that there are people coming from all over the world to go there. Yes, and they, to, so to Clarksdale, to Clarksdale, and, and, and the, the crossroads, right. the Blues Trail, the the um, museums, and yes. so so their their clientele or their their demographic or whatever you want to call it is specifically blues. Whereas, and they realize that as well with 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 our location is that it's a different market. It's not you know um, we have a you know we've got a plethora of hotels. Whereas there, you only have a right. couple, of, you know, right. a couple. So, so you know, there's, there's that, and and that's something we really would love to tap in a little more. Actually, is to get more tourists, uh, make it a little bit more of a tourist attraction. I mean, we we have had you know people visit, but that's a goal for sure. It seems like you know? with every day that goes by, though, you gain momentum with that. I think so. <clears throat> that people are. <laughs> Sorry, man. You need some water? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just if you want to just. <clears throat> yeah, I should have taken. Usually, I do. Something Is that your like, Gatorade? Yeah, sweet and syrupy. Not yeah. a good thing to be yeah. drinking. If you want some water, by the way, I can run downstairs. No worries. Thanks. Here, we should have it. a stock bar. Just keep it. What? Oh, you heard about my lip? <laughs> After hearing all that, I don't want a damn thing with it. <laughs> But I think with every day that goes by, again, that it it, it becomes more uh, more tourists come in because it, it's getting the reputation and and it's and it it's known for it, uh, the music and hey, it's a great place to eat. It is. Ah, the it food is. is excellent. It I sure guess. is. And uh, Chef uh, BJ is the our, our main chef, Lou, and uh, um, uh, uh, trying to get get everybody in, but. Uh, he's quite the accomplished chef. They've, they've, uh, Mike and, uh, all those guys have, uh, competed before in a lot of competitions. Oh, is that right? I didn't know and that. And he's a, a multi award winning, um, I, th if I'm not mistaken, the, um, the festival that he was just involved in the, um, bacon and beer, yeah. I think it's bacon and beer right. festival. He won a. Uh, an opportunity to go to the international uh, competition for, and I think he's been to it once before. He placed. He told me that he placed eighth in the world. In the world? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. So, so yeah. There's definitely that talent there as well. It shows, and um, I enjoy it. And really, you know, the 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 thing that I really enjoy and find really incredible about Ground Zero in particular is the 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 entire staff i mean from the servers you know the yeah the, everyone everyone involved with that project is is positive is enthusiastic is you know and 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 all sharing in the common goal and and, it's, yeah. and it really it, it really shows and even the people that come there 
you know, the, the, before we, before the grand opening, I was noticing that, you know, the people are super enthusiastic. Oh, we've been wanting this. We've been needing this. We've been hoping for this. They all have really creative ideas. Uh, you know, everyone wants to, uh, help, you know, get it lofted and get it up there and keep it, keep it, keep it, uh, thriving. Um, the one thing that, um, if I could just put this in there is that the one thing that I realized early on, you know, I, and you and I are in the music business and I, I thought I knew a lot about the blues, but until I got involved with this project, I was just scratching the surface and I've been in the music business for 37 years now. And that, and, and really literally was just scratching the surface when I started researching and, and, you know, going on YouTube and finding out who these artists are and just, and so every week is like a new discovery for me personally, because awesome. every, every week there's another artist that comes in that just literally blows my mind of how, how talented and how professional and how just, uh, tasteful and just unique, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, even though, uh, I mean, when you look at blues, the the genre of blues is huge in itself. Yes, it is. You know, there's a uh, hill country, Delta, Cotton right. Patch, Jump. Um, see, I don't know any of this. this is oh yeah, see, I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, man, I learned a lot this past year, and it's and it just goes on and on. You got Texas blues, you got Chicago blues. You know, it just goes Did, on and so on. So when I know y'all have locals that play there, but people who come out of state. Is it kind of like, uh, I mean, do they know, what's the question I'm trying to ask? When y'all book people from out of state, is it kind of like a well-known establishment, like a lot of people know about Ground Zero? Like part of a circuit, you mean? Like, kind of uh, like, you know, because like, Clarksdale being the famous Clarksdale original right. with Morgan Freeman, like do people, is the word out yet to other musicians in other states that are like, hey, I want to play this venue? I, I think it is now. Okay. I think that that was... Uh, um, you know, part of our goal last year or in our first, within our first year to, as we started gaining, gaining momentum and, uh, I, I call it gaining traction is, is to do that, to get it, get, you know, the musicians, musicians speak amongst themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, there were a number of them. I know, uh, Mike Zito was, uh, he's, he's very well known Excellent throughout musician. the whole the whole player. blues community produces a lot of records for other artists. And it's, you know, he's, he's, He's very uh, viable, and and he uh, he spoke very highly of it. Uh, also, Greg Wright, who was in who lives in Los Angeles, um, spoke very highly of it, and, and even said, you know, I'm going to take this word out to the West Coast and let people out, out there know about about Ground Zero Biloxi. And so it's it it has it's it, it, the word is getting out and it's and because uh, you've only been open for how long a year and yeah, you uh, about change. three weeks yeah a year yeah, and three yeah. weeks just so, the service so, too, so on the other I was going to say the uh, that you know that these musicians are coming back and telling their agents and their and their managers look this is this is a really cool venue you know keep me in the loop with it or whatever and the word of mouth coming from the musicians especially and then you know you talk about tourists and 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 other people from different places you know that yeah uh, you had samantha fish there i saw uh um, yep. whenever that was a little bit after that and one of the friends of the show we can say that now we've, we've managed to accumulate some friends like <laughs> you mick no uh 
uh, Buddy Leach, he left here and went down with Thurgood and played um, the uh, cruise, the cruising, the with with the. She was on that cruise. Yeah, I saw yeah. the listing that the, the of the people that were going to be playing. So it was literally like three or four days after she played at Ground Zero. Yeah. So you know, in conversation with somebody, you know, where have you been playing? Where, oh, I just came from Biloxi, Mississippi. Hopefully, hopefully oh, I, that's I, who we're hoping for. And, I know, uh, and it was a great experience. Carolyn, we, uh, Carolyn Wonderland was another one that yeah, just you, did that. I remember she you was, turning me she on. She was kind of en route to uh, a cruise. You know, coming from Austin mm -hmm. and came through here. I think they played the uh, it's called Broader Broadenville, the club in Tallahassee, and then sure. and then she went down to uh, to get on a cruise. So yeah, hopefully that's what you know that's that's uh, that's a, a goal of ours as well, and, and we're hoping that they do that. And I think it's and, happening as you speak. And we've actually felt like you know the positioning of where this club is located is is you know it caters to that yes if you're coming from texas going to florida or if you're coming from florida going west or if you're going from florida north or if you're coming from chicago down to florida or you yeah. know that sort of thing that, that our hope is to to be in that circuit you know or be where where people can route route through us and uh and also y'all have, have a line of partner a nice partnership with the casino I know Vicky Haskins was telling us that some of their comp dollars can actually be spent at the Pearl, at, Scarlet, at Pearl. Scarlet Pearl can actually be uh, used at yeah. uh, Ground Zero, which I think is really cool because you don't hear that's pretty. You don't hear that pretty much. good marketing. Pretty yeah, smart. That's really yeah, smart. That, Everybody wins on that one. That's right. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's uh, uh, that happens a lot with this club as well that I've, I've, I picked up on within this first year. It, there are a lot of win-win scenarios that take place and. That, that's always a beautiful thing, yes. you know, when when everyone wins and the, uh, ingratiates the itself into the into and, the, uh, the 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 with the locals as well yeah. as the players that come in from all over. And play, I want to mention know, Harris so. Casino too. They yeah. were they they've been really supportive Good. as well. That's and awesome. Palace, the Palace. Yeah, and, you know, all of them really have have. Uh, you know, well, Keith it, and Patty uh, Crosby are big yeah, blues people yeah, too. Yeah, and as well. um, um, great uh, people, John. At the Island View, yeah, has participated in. Uh, uh, we did Rock Patatas, his big fundraiser. Uh, yeah, so y'all just had a big thing of it was like Oscars at yeah the I, Oscars I, party. I saw I saw <laughs> the guy in gold walking around and handing out invitations. Yeah, yeah. on social media, whoever came up with that campaign, that actually, was Oscar was, was, actually. That was very smart. <laughs> that was Oscar. That yeah. was it. <laughs> it was an Oscar. Yeah. It could have been a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, was it pretty successful? Was it you know? Would you say there was a lot of? I would say it was. Showing? I would say it was extremely successful. Awesome. Um, you know, it, this was this was a brainchild of of Lee uh, Lee. Young's uh, one of the owners, and, and oh, yeah. he came up with the idea, and and I've, I've said this a few times over the past week, so I'm just going to say it again. You know, it was it started off as, um, hey, I've got this idea, but I can't tell you anybody about it. And then you know, a couple <laughs> months went by, and it was okay. Here's the idea: we're going to do this. Uh, uh, how about an Oscar party? And I mean, I'm I'm not that hip to Oscar parties, here, <laughs> right, right. you know. So so anyway, it was like okay, and. Uh, they put the date uh, March 11th, the night before the the Oscars, the real Oscars, and so still trying to. I think we were five weeks away from that date, and he was like, "Well, how about a wedding band?" And I'm just going. I did this. I had the what? same reaction that you just had. I just had what? the same reaction, and I pointed out to him that you know, I don't think you're aware of how much these wedding bands really get paid. Oh yeah, they're, they're pretty high priced, you know, and. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Hosey Jr. has a really successful one. So Does he really? Yeah, yeah, D-Play. 
they're, they're, they do that? very well, very well. And so I reached out to him, you know, and, and, and got some feedback on, on his starting price and took that to him and said, see, I told you. <laughs> you know? And so, so we, we thought, okay, let's use the, what if we use the stock of talent that is local that, you know, that work with us already and try to build from that. And that's how it started developing. But really, I mean, even though they're five weeks, that's, that's, that's not you're still under the gun yeah. there, you know, yeah. and yeah. not only, and we had to create the show. And so, so it turned out amazing. I mean, uh, Mayor Fofo was uh, <clears throat> portrayed Paul McCartney. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. If you look at Mayor if Fofo, that's funny. Me, I can see little Paul. I, I thought the Paul. same thing. I said, yeah. You know. Who was Yoko? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. I, I could have found that if I if I really pursued it, but <laughs> but uh, uh, Jimmy McIntyre from uh, from WLOX had uh, his, they were in for lunch one day, and he turn me on to his his uh, niece is in uh, i think she lives in pensacola but incredible vocalist and she does she did lady gaga oh really she, okay yeah that's crazy that you actually asked like you just brought that up because i'm yeah i'm gonna bring this up real quick i might edit this out but Lori, yeah jesse Lori beth i'm not an agent but Lori beth uh with south mississippi living she's a friend of mine she's right she goes she told me, so her name's Ivy Hunter. She was asking me if I could help her get into the music scene. She's not in the music scene, but I heard her voice and holy damn. Like, yeah, she, yeah, she super kills, impressive. Kills yeah. Lady Gaga. And when, like, when, wow. You know, when Lee, when we were, you know, again, five weeks out, we're sitting at a table and we're going, well, and we started developing the idea of what this entertainment for this show would be because it, it literally was, was building itself as we were going there, you know? And, um, and yeah, she was amazing. There was another one too. Um, we've been doing this uh, rock star karaoke. Yeah, I heard on about the that. Thursday nights. It's been it's been great. People have just really loved it and and enjoyed it. And and sure enough, there was one of the vocalists. Um, we were sitting at that table that day, and we thought we thought, okay, we can get the mayor to be Paul McCartney. Said, what about <laughs> um, what about the guy that that sang during karaoke, um. His name's Clinton Davis from Hattiesburg, but he was amazing. He's super high notes. I said, he kind of looked like Adam Clayton. I mean, Adam Lambert. Oh, okay. Kind of looked like Adam Lambert, had the beard cut. In this. So I said, what if we reach out to him to do like Adam Lambert? You know Adam Lambert? Yeah, yeah. Adam Lambert sang with Queen. I know Queen. who Adam Clayton is, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, Adam, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Adam but Lambert. Adam Lambert sang with Queen. He jumped That's right. like so, from like being a soloist, like yeah. in an American Idol, play second place to... You're the lead singer of Queen now. It's like, yeah. how higher yeah. can you go the, after that? The, yeah. the, that's not an easy task, the yeah. range that no. Freddie Mercury was It surely was in. isn't, man. That's and so, so you know, we were developing this. We got um, uh, Titus that played, that works down there with us, was did, did Prince, and we had, uh, <laughs> um, uh, right off the bat, I thought about um, um, uh, Mike Collette. Yeah. I said, man, Mike Collette could do Bruno Mars. Yeah. Kind of. Has a similar look to that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, April Smith Bartman, Beyonce, and so that's how we built this show. And we made we, we designed it so that each singer would only have to do three to four. Chris Z, I can't, can't leave him out. He did Elton John, and so you know we we developed it more of like a uh, like the Oscar parties that you go to after the Oscars right. is like a party, you know. Gotcha. And they That's wanted it to big. be, Lee wanted it to be upbeat, danceable, stuff like that. So 
So that's how we built that show. And it was such an extraordinary success. Even Marilyn, um, uh, Marilyn, uh, Taylor was a, was a singer with the, the, um, karaoke. We needed someone to do Kiki D for, uh, for the duo. Don't go breaking my heart. With, with, yeah. Don't go breaking my heart. And she, she jumped on board for that. So I so said, we were, there were, it wasn't really, they weren't just easy, simple yes. tasks. You know, they did Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? And knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Chris Uchim was on guitar. Matthew Williams uh, was one of the keyboard players. And then Tank Smith, Kevin Smith from the unit band were the bass and drums. And then um, um, Roderick uh, Crenshaw was the other keyboard player. And I got I to gotta hand it to them because they... They had the brunt of it because they had to learn three hours of music. You're right. You know, that, oh wow! So they were that, the house band. Some of it, some of it, they they were you know it wasn't as difficult as others, but none of them it's had still, played it's Bohemian still time Rhapsody and, ever. So it was yeah, and having, yeah, having was, a deadline that you got it. We got to have it by this. The deadline this day. was coming quick too, man. <laughs> so we, we had four sweat. rehearsals. We had two rehearsals the week before and two rehearsals the week of. That's it, and that's it. Wow! And and they nailed it. They knocked it out of the park. I got to hand it to them. That's it was, great. It was great. Kudos to them. Everyone had such a great time. I it saw some pictures from it. Uh, yeah. uh, Luann and, and Vicky mm -hmm. and I were down there, and some of the regulars. But that's uh, yeah. David looked, Delk as well. David Delk emceed it. He did a fantastic job. He's well. That's great that it all came together. It if, did. If, if only the people knew what was behind the scene and how it. You know. Yeah. We only got five weeks left. What are we gonna do? We gotta get this. <laughs> Got to get a move on. <laughs> no, believe me, that was that, that was, yeah, that was it. That yeah. was it in a nutshell. So once we got past March 11th, you know, that's when I could actually breathe again. You know, <laughs> yeah. I go like, yeah. okay, we made it. You know, and so. Uh, so what's going to be the next thing? Has it has that come about yet, or is this? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's constantly. I mean, it's constantly. But you can't talk on. about it. Yet. Well, no, we can because uh, we're, we're the the next thing is Sundays. We're wanting to. Um, uh, we, this was in a meeting just this past week that we want to start launching the Sundays uh, to make it, you know, um, um, Big Chief, that's what I call Jeff Young, the owner. He's, he uh, he feels like that a five-day week is going to be a little bit better than the four-day week in respect to our workers, the servers yeah, sure, in that right. way. You know, it, it'll be, you know, closer to a 40-hour week for them that's right. going to be supportive of that. And, you know, we've had interest in it and we've done some special events on the Sundays, but that's what we're, we're leading towards is we want to get, get the Sundays off the ground. And we don't know exactly if it's going to be a, you know, like a brunch that starts at 11. That's and, what and I was going to ask you. Kind of so, like New Orleans, you know, uh, House of Blues. House there. of Blues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, a, has ah. been quite successful. And then, and then, and then there's the thing about, you know, the, okay, is it going to be gospel or is it going to be this right. or is it going to be that? So it's still, you know, we've been developing it for a few months now, but it's just now that we're like going, okay, Mother's Day is right around the corner. That's right. Yeah. That's Let's right. nail something down for Mother's Day. We've got another Sunday event coming up on the 2nd, which is a really cool one. It's um, it's the Pine Top Perkins Foundation from mm -hmm. Clarksdale, and it's a tribute to um, 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 Pine Top Perkins and John Lee Hooker as well so john lee hooker's daughter is going to be there oh great and um that's that i want to say i would have to pull it pull i should know these things of course but i would have to pull out the 
itinerary to look at what time it actually starts. It right. is on the website, though. Okay, on the website. And, people and, can go and look at it yeah, on the website. Yeah, or... groundzerobiloxi.com. And, uh, and that's, that's going to be a special event. And then, um, so we've got maybe two, two or three Sundays between that and Mother's Day. And so we're, we're wanting to get the Mother's Day as sort of the launch yeah. of starting to do it. And as we get closer to summer, you know, so we're, we're you know, we're, we, we don't have the specific timing a hundred percent laid out yet, but, um, but, um, it's, it's in the works and we've okay. got some incredible ideas. Uh, uh, April Smith Parkman has a couple of just wonderful ideas of, um, of things to do, you know, yeah. the presenting something special that's, that, you know, is fun yeah. and would be uh, a cool thing. It's not going to go late night on Sundays. Uh, what are your hours now? What is, what is, uh, well, the, the hours now are, uh, 11 a.m. to, uh, 11 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday, and then 11 a.m. to midnight on Friday and Saturday. You might as well just say 11 to midnight, yeah. you know, on, on the days. Last I, call. I don't, I don't know that we'll be open that late on the Sunday. But um, I'm sure it, it pro we probably will do the 11 a.m. opening, okay. you know. But um, and uh, and it's going well, you know. What we found out right off the bat, though, were, were this the the blues demographic tends to be well people our age, right. I would say. So so and they they really enjoy the earlier evenings. Yeah. So, you know, like, <laughs> they would rather be home at midnight. Well, if they can be home know? at nine o'clock and eat a good bowl of oatmeal and, uh, you that's know. <laughs> it, that's it, you know, and so. No, but that, you're right. That and, makes sense. And so catering to, you know, to that, to, sure. to the people that are supporting the club, then, then, you know, we move the, the starting times earlier. The Wednesday night show starts at five. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's done by eight. I think we're going to extend the Wednesday night as well. We have a couple ideas for that. And um, it's Dirty Blues. That's the one I want to get out. Dirty Blues. Yeah. That's another genre. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, no, yeah. but it makes yeah. sense that it is. There's so many artists, man. Wynoni Harris, Lucille Bogan. Oh, um, related to some, uh, another, uh, cut it out. Cut that yeah. off. <laughs> Lucille, Lucille Bogan. When I, when I came across this, this, this genre of Dirty Blues, um, I came at first it was uh it was it was from the time I was with Dr. John. Mm. He would do uh this this song called Old Settlers. It was a cousin Joe song. And it's just telling the story about, you know, get an older woman because she's got that good loving and that good money too kind of punch, you know. <laughs> so anyway, it started out like that and I was researching it more and I found out about Winoni Harris and uh and uh Bull Moose Jackson and uh, um but this Lucille Bogan. This is 1929. Oh. And oh, it's called Shave Them Dry. I don't know if you've ever heard this I song. I have not, but I will be listening to it on the way home. <laughs> okay. I'll find it on. Prepare the... Yourself. Really? Yes, because it, you will literally almost fall out of your seat <laughs> when you hear it. I didn't know. I didn't even think people spoke like that then. Wait, it's called shave, shave Them Dry? Shave Them Dry shave them is dry. the name of it. and. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, ain't touching it. It's <laughs> out there, man. It's nothing that you could replicate. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, what, what the story behind it is that, you know, these, it was in the speakeasies of New York, or I think it was in New York where 
you know, where the musicians would go afterwards and right. hang out and chuck, uh, you know, right. And, and that, it was just amongst them sort of thing. And they would sing these satirical songs and, and, you know, come up with these funny, and the, and the thing I read about this particular song is that the recording of was from the first take really when she, and she's reading the lyrics that someone has written and there's a few times in the in the song where she just cracks up laughing because she's just she's she can't, she can't believe that it's right. this and i'll go ahead and say it vulgar i was gonna say provocative <laughs> I mean, it's vulgar it's a little yeah i wouldn't uh, provocative is not a good description That's too clean <laughs> yeah it's way too clean man <laughs> well there's there's also a song uh, uh that made me think of one dinah washington who was not really known as a blues singer i guess more Early, early R and B singer in the forties, fifties, but she did one, and I can't think. Of, I can hear it in my head of going to the dentist. Well, I never realized from a woman's point of view how vulgar going to the dentist could be. I mean, the the double entendres and and, and insinuations of the song. She never comes out and says anything per se yeah but you know what she's talking about and we all do and so i'm gonna have to find that and, and turn you on to that and not and yeah I'd mention love to. it on the next show that's the that's the goal with the the dirty blues show is that it's it's those innuendos yeah just you know there's nothing there's you, substituting you, we wouldn't be able to do the shave them dry song but <laughs> but apart from that all the other stuff there's a bunch just, yeah. there are so many it's yeah. just vast you know and so um, slang of the day too a lot of this is the slang that was used back in, yeah in the back 20s in those or whenever you know and stuff that it that didn't make it to the present time but there's there's they almost had the the especially the blues players i was talking about musicians they but blues players almost had a, their own language of saying things there's these little words that meant something otherwise and not just alluding to what we're talking about here which we've mentioned but we still haven't mentioned but you guys out there know what we're talking about um but there's all this other stuff that they would say that it's like it, it was their slang their their yeah. their uh, their words for i i got in i got to learn quite a bit of that while with with mac rabinac with dr john because as you know his his dialogue is totally that oh I mean, yeah you you have to almost have to have a translator to you know, well, what is he talking about? A you friend know? of mine, <laughs> and I've sang this song for so long, uh, Right Place, Right Time. Uh, right, well, uh, I've been in the right, must have been wrong, wrong time. Wrong yeah. time, yeah. What, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a line in there that he uses and <clears throat> that represents something that happens. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea that that was. Brain salad Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's and, and then Emerson Lake and Palmer took that. Took that and ran and, with it, yeah. And named an album after that. So there, there was something, I guess, those those two bands, musicians had in common. Yeah. <laughs> brain yeah. salad surgery. Yeah. And that's, you know, back to what you had just said. Like there's an un, uh, underlying language yeah. that, you yeah. know, that, that is understood. Yes. Amongst uh, yes. musicians derelicts now, did you do some work for, with the neville brothers i did i awesome. did yeah yeah awesome. um, well tell us about uh, uh playing for dr john uh working for dr john and uh and then that well and the, the, the way the uh, my timeline i guess you could say of uh, after the change to eden you know that was my introduction and and meeting you in the early days of that um so uh, right about the 10-year mark i had i kind of backed out of the of the the band really um and was um pursuing so actually that's when the casinos started rolling in in 95 and um i picked up some work at the bayou caddy over there but then uh jeff jex jeffrey jex mm -hmm. um 
and I were worked together with Change to Eden, and he uh, had gone over into New Orleans and uh, started working with Pyramid Audio, and and so I, I I was helping him with the the Bayou County Casino, and then gradually just made my migration over to New Orleans as well, and we were both working at Pyramid Audio, and then um, the production manager with the Neville Brothers, when he would need someone, he would pull from that stock of pyramid audio he had he had spent some time there as well so so jeffrey got on with with the neville brothers and then one of our other buddies rocky tornabine got on with them and then i was kind of the next one in line you know so as soon as the opportunity came available i jumped on with the neville brothers and really at that time i was just driving the backline truck and you talk about fun, man. That was a really? fun job. All you have to do is get it from point A to point B. You know, I yeah. had such a blast. I picked up rocks from all over the country. You know, that sort of That's awesome. But anyway, yeah, I got to work with the Neville brothers and with, and the beautiful thing about the Neville brothers is that the first day walking into the venue, um, every, everyone else was there. I flew into that particular date. And um, first thing they said to me, welcome to the family and that's, that's nice it's very nice and it couldn't be more true even to this day um when i see cyril neville or aaron or or anyone from that family the extended family omari neville lyrica you know all their kids uh ivan all those they yeah. they recognize this as almost as if you know like your cousins that's great. Like that. oh, that's and such it, a great story to hear. It is, that's man. And it, it's such, it's beautiful. And it, and it, it really, it feels that way. You know, you feel it all the great. way through. Is that, gives that, me, that gives me respect now. I mean, like I, I know of the Neville brothers, but now it makes me want to be like, if they're, if they're playing on the radio, I'm going to keep it on there. You know what I mean? Just man, so nobody likes the Neville brothers. It's, so it's true. So it's, it's so true. And, and, and throughout, and that's just me, mm -hmm. you know, so everyone else that have been, you know, welcomed into that fold, feel they feel the same you know the same love yeah that's uh, i would say and and uh and it was beautiful man it was a beautiful thing um and then that that was about for about three years and then uh uh let's see i was also doing some stuff with the funky meters which yeah. was uh art neville and george porter jr <clears throat> yeah brian brian stoltz and russell batiste jr and um and that was really cool and then um while at Pyramid, I, I was uh, I actually got hired. Uh, I did the few, first few gigs with the, with the production company, but I was working with Glenn Fry and Joe Walsh. Really? Yeah, we were doing everything in the southeastern area. They were doing a lot of corporate stuff in Florida. And People so, don't realize that, that's an interesting point. I'm going to let yeah. you carry on, but th that you think uh, okay. Uh, corporate stuff or, or you know that okay well they're going to get the bands that are known but aren't on that tier yeah. of nationality you know the, the but they they're working musicians like everybody else yep. yeah just like they scott, just get a bigger paycheck yeah they scott, sure do scott henson says something about like the red bull like on one of their corporate events had the rolling stones come in there and play. no i was talking about no, that. that's what you were talking that, yeah yeah i was red bull my friend gary smith who who Gosh. Uh, was was uh, the, one of the top three guys at at the company when it when red bull broke when yeah. it went crazy and he had worked with pepsico and they did the thing real quick they did the thing in um 
their corporate thing for the higher ups. So it's limited to 20 something people and their guests or whatever. Yeah. In Hawaii, they would do it. Well, they had the, the cocktail hour was Nat, Natalie Cole with a piano player. And then, then they had uh, the Stones and they had uh, the Eagles and Elton John for <laughs> 50, 60 people. That's that's upper tier yeah, for sure. That's, you know, <laughs> that's you. You got the dough, <laughs> yeah. but but to, but to work as, yeah. as you were with Glenn Fry and and Joe, that that's nothing yeah. to sneeze at either. I mean, those guys. No, no, it was and it was it was definitely a learning experience for me because uh, you know although I've, I'd had that much time in the working in the business specifically doing monitors, I would I'd only been doing that for a couple of years, so. I learned some very valuable lessons during that time frame. That's good. And, and, you know, that one was kind of short-lived. Did you deal with any of those guys uh, personally, or was it just they, you do your job, but they'd come in and do their uh, thing and that was it? Yeah, it was, it was a little, it wasn't. uh, I wouldn't expect it to be as family oriented. It wasn't. That's what I was going to say. It wasn't. (laughs) I would imagine not. Definitely not, not the same. And I was doing both at the same time. Oh. And so. So yeah, um, it, it was not that. It yeah. was a lot more. I mean, they were they were cordial and they were nice yeah. and they were friendly and you know and they would, you know. But it, but it wasn't the same. No, you no. know. I, I, can, and I, I can And see I guess that. that's pretty. It's it's not uncommon within the whole musical industry. I mean, yeah. you know. But uh, but what ended up happening after that was the that's so at a corporate event at the Breakers, you know, in West Palm and Palm Beach, Florida. I'm there with um, with Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh doing that particular show. It's a huge corporate event, and there's a um, the entertainment wrangler, I guess you would say, sort of the stage manager, production manager for the event. Okay, it's a guy named Sparky Nielsen that I met that day. So, I don't know, a couple of months, a couple of months, a few months later down the road, we're in Hoboken, New Jersey. One second, one second. Yes, the director. Hey, Sarah. I'm upstairs. We're doing a podcast. Could you, um, are you, that'd be a huge help. Thank you so much. Thank, thanks, Sarah. Sorry. She's the director of the building. I just want to make sure there was. We're building the rules. She's the director of the building. She's actually below us right now. Oh. And she was oh. calling. She has a hard be. drive of mine that I've been looking for and I finally found it. And so I'm good. A lot of footage. Continue. I'm so sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to back up or anything? Yes. Back up. Just kind okay. of back up to where, um, you were talking about. I'm sorry. That just that's okay. Um, that I think I can back up to the uh, uh, Sparky Nielsen. Yeah. Go ahead that. Okay. So uh, he was the entertainment wrangler, Sparky Nielsen, and then a um, few months down the road, we're uh, I was with the Neville Brothers. We were on a show in Hoboken, New Jersey, and Frank Sinatra's uh, hometown. Really, and Frank then the, and the opener, it was the, on the show's outdoor stage. The opener was Dr. John. And then it was the Neville brothers. And so I'm looking up on the stage and I see Sparky Nielsen and he's running all over the stage doing, it's just him. He's running all over the place trying to get things ready. And I'll just, Hey Sparky, you want me to jump in and give you a hand with this? You know? And it's so, so he said, yeah, yeah. You know, so I jump in with him and I get help him get situated. And turns out he didn't have a monitor guy. Hey, you, you want to do monitors? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I jump in and do monitors on that particular show. So, lo and behold, you know how this business works. Hey, look, we're going to be in Hattiesburg, Mobile, and Gretna Fest uh, first week. Can you jump in for that? And, and so I did. 
Yeah. And then, um, and on that particular weekend is when I really met Herman Ernest. Do you remember Herman? Herman Ernest, Ro Herman Roscoe Ernest was a drummer that played with Jerry Fisher and the music company at, right. at, during one little time frame. Yeah. So when I met Herman and we started I forgot talking about, about fish and yeah. Bay St. Louis and all that stuff, I think Herman was really the one that was instrumental in me you know, getting that gig. Cool. Uh, I did hear that, that Mac really enjoyed my company and he likes you and all this. So anyway, yeah, it was, uh, Hey, you know, you want to come on board and, That's great. and, it, and then it was, but, but then it's like, you know, the Neville brothers love the Dr. John uh -huh. love, you know, you're going to oh, which way to go, you know, but, but the thing was, was this was a, uh, you know, doing monitors, helping Sparky. It was a much, it was a, I was going to be doing more with the Dr. John show. And then also, um, the, uh, the size of the band and the crew was a lot more minimal with the Dr. John. In other oh. words, there were seven of us that traveled and two guitars, a cymbal case and a Pelican for the mics. For the, so they just the, got backline wherever they were everywhere, uh, yeah. everywhere, all over the world. Yeah. And so, I mean, we, we literally, I, I, I probably shouldn't be too proud of this but we literally spent more time at the bar than we did at the oh no be proud be proud so you know you made it we were so proud that i mean we were we were we had our our load out down to 20 minutes you know what i mean oh you had it down to a science oh yeah we so you could hit the bar so so here since i mentioned the bar experience i want to go ahead and drop my good friend jerry Manuel's name yeah you know jerry we love jerry yeah jerry's a great guy so he is an ocean springs that, native yes he is and he worked with heater if anyone remembers heater uh, debbie bill, stambro debbie and, stambro uh, yeah. bill and uh um, uh bill hoyt and yeah. uh, and so anyway they all brillo i think was in that band yeah brillo was yeah. so they all they moved in 81 to la to to strike it big you mm -hmm. know and and jerry went with them right. he was their sound guy and then he ended up getting on with the Palomino Club. Did Jerry, he really? Yeah. I didn't know that story. Yeah, he, he, he took a job at the Palomino Club while he was in Los Angeles. Funny, funny guy. And then um, he took off that night. He was a production manager. He took off that night because his favorite band was playing. And he wanted to be off and see his favorite band. His favorite band is Tower of Power. Oh, that's right. He was so that. Tower of Power is playing, yeah. and they don't have a monitor guy. So they're like, "Hey, could you?" That's do crazy! Monitors? All those horns, and they didn't have a monitor. They didn't guy. have a monitor guy, and so, wow. so Jerry. So they ask him, "Hey, would you?" And he's like, "No, I'm off tonight." And he said, "No, <laughs> you know." So he he does monitors for him that night, and then they hire, he works with him for 13 years. He went to work with uh, Little Feet too, didn't he? Yeah, he went he to work with, with right after that with Little Feet. Um, Jeez, uh, for eight years. Yeah, and then uh, and that's when I met him. He was working with Little Feet. I was working with the Neville Brothers, and we were on, the, on a tour together, and we were doing this flip-flop where we would open one night, and then they would open the next night. We would open the next night. We'd How fortuitous that y'all like are on that, the same you know? tour. And, and so we're on a tour together. We're oh, in Atlantic wow. City. That's great. And they, they opened first that night, and they were going to leave and drive on to the next location. And and Jerry had all these friends. You know, I had some friends that popped into town. He's like, hey, guys, could I, can I ride on your bus with you guys? <laughs> You know, so I don't have to leave my friends. And we're like, yeah, of course. Well, that night, he and I sit up and start sharing stories of Ocean Springs and, 
you know, uh, what was it? David Pepper had a band. Yeah, that played. David. He played in downtown oh, Ocean I love David Springs. Pepper. Yeah. yeah, he he. It was it was literally had to be the first gig I was ever on as a kid. You know, I'm standing on the stage. It was one of those flatbed trailer trucks, and I'm standing on the stage, and you know, I was oh like, in, I was like in in heaven or whatever. But anyway, that was when um, the streak. Was yeah. Big. You remember, oh yeah, they call him the, the streak. Oh, Ray Stevens. Ray the, Stevens. A yeah. song about naked. So running through this. So that naked. night, that night at that street party in Ocean Springs, this had to be like seventy four, three, four, somewhere around there, five. Anyway, he streaked. Jerry Manuel streaked that party. <laughs> so, so he was a streaker. So he's telling me, you know, we're telling all these stories, and then we start dropping names of who all we know, and right. of course we know everyone, you yeah. know, and and so so that was on that show, and then and then he, uh, he got in touch with me and said, "Look, man, the little feet's doing. We've got uh, a show in New Orleans, a show in uh, Boulder, Colorado, show show in Denver. Can you jump in for the weekend do monitors?" Like, yeah, man, I'd love to. Little Feet, hands down, my favorite band ever in the world. They, I mean, they're not mine. They're damn close to they're, it. They're, Waiting they, for Columbus they, is the they, best. They've always been ever. it for me. So, so I'm like, yeah, man, of course, you know. So we do, we do this uh, that run that weekend. It was great. It was fantastic. And um, so we're, I'll never forget. We're, it was when we were in Boulder. We, I'd only done the one gig with them so far, and he said, "Well, look, man, the band really loves you, and they want to offer you the gig." You know. So here I am. I got the chance to work for my favorite band wow. in the world. That's cool. And I'm going, and and so here's my answer, though. I said, well, bro, I just got on with Dr. John, and the, the Dr. John gig is the sweetest gig in the world. And I don't think I could, I don't think I could jump off of this one. You know, I mean, I'd just gotten that gig, so right. I, I didn't want to leave them high and dry anyway. But, right. But the truth was, I mean, it was... It was easy. It was there wasn't it wasn't large, you know. Little feet, with there's at least ten people in that band, and they all travel Ooh. on one bus. And so, yeah. with Doctor John, there's you know seven people in total. Right. You know what I mean? That's pretty... But anyway, I was telling him all this. Long story short, he ends up coming to work for Doctor John. Oh, he jumped ship. <laughs> yeah. he, he jumped ship from. Uh, he was working with Don Henley at the time. Uh. And they're saying, "What? You're going to leave Don Henley?" He's like, "Yeah, I am." And he was with he was with Mac for let's see, twelve years, eight, ten years, ten years. Gosh. Well, that says something from Mac Rebenak. I mean, that says yeah, something that if he's, you know, oh, was, and the Neville Brothers too. Nothing, nothing against Little Feet. Yeah, I'm nothing sure against Little great, Feet, but, uh, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, or yeah. any of those organizations. The other, the other, I'll go ahead and throw my other one out there. Yes, and, and please, be, it's your I'll show. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be kind of that portion will be complete but while working with dr john the same management company M impact management the um from new york also managed um the gypsy kings no mm -hmm. and i wasn't hip to the gypsy kings you aren't hip to them either are you mm -hmm. it's it, mostly hairdressers know who the gypsy kings are but they had the big hit back in the i want to say might have been the late 80s it was, it was Bom 80s. bombolero yeah but the Gypsy Kings are uh, made up of a family. It's actually two families. It's the Reyes family. And Jose Reyes in the 60s was Silver Fingers or something like that. He was a renowned uh, flamenco guitarist. And so the Gypsy Kings are, they, they are gypsies, you know, from 
I'm, I think Hung- uh, Hungary or, or no, I think or I want to say uh, Armenia. I, I want to say it's Armenia. Yeah, hmm. and then um, and they were That's all yes. <laughs> they were they were moved to um, the south of France. So Arles Montpellier is where they live in the south of France in the Pyrenees, the Basque mm-hmm. Basque area. But uh, what that was was the the um, um, family, the descendants of Jose Reyes. There's like uh, four brothers. And then the Baliero family, which was three more brothers, and and their siblings as well. But uh, and those two, so it was a seven acoustic guitars across the front. That's with, crazy. Uh, with a rumba, <laughs> with a rumba band behind. Try to them. EQ that. Gee. Listen, all fingernails, no picks. Yeah, it was all. That's flamingo. Man, it was amazing, and. The energy of I compared it to like Lions. a Grateful Dead show when the when the chicks jump up and start doing the spinning dance. Right, same thing there. Soon as they would start, <laughs> I mean, first first note, boom, the energy would just go through the ceiling. Man. Wow, the people would jump up, they start dancing uncontrollably, and 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 it was, it, it was a really amazing and a family, yes. huge family. So same, right. very similar to the Neville Brothers. Right. As it was, you were welcomed in. You could you couldn't understand what they were saying. You know, ça va, <laughs> ça va, ça va. Well, you know, that's good. You know, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what was? Well, if like, they criticize you, it might sound like, oh, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I can't remember the other one. What's happening? Uh, can't remember it right so now. So very but minimal uh, communication. Very, yeah. Very verbal minimal communication. Verbal communication, but you know, we, we everyone knew and and. That was the connection with Sparky Nelson. He was a production manager on that, but did that for five years. So that was my, my. Uh, I mean, there's some other stuff mixed in there too, but that was the, the some of the highlights. Yeah, the highlights well, of it. That's pretty good, man. Well, question: uh, If you had any words of advice for anybody who wants to get into management, sound production, lighting, anything that you do, um, what would your words of encouragement or advice be to some of those people? Um, Cause you've been there and done that. Yes, I have. And there, there's a, there are a few, um, th- I do this on, on occasion, you know, and, and, and give advice on it. And like I mentioned earlier, one that I used to, to say a lot was to get, you know, there are schools available now mm-hmm. and yet, so you can do it that way. The, um, but from the, uh, I've worked at the Coliseum, I'm in uh, stagehands union, uh, the IOTC union for 27 years now. And so the Gulf Coast Coliseum. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And in, in that particular trade or in that, um, um, work capacity, the, um, which kind of pertains to all those, but it, the key is listen, pay attention, follow instructions. That's a key to, to doing that type of work, which is pretty much with any job really. But 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 it's very tedious too because you're working with frequencies and one little, one little lever, oh. up or down could be feedback. You that's, know? so yeah. so you. I didn't have feedback, but that's how I lost the Glenn Project Walsh gig. But, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feedback. But but I'll tell you the rest of the story later. But but the um, advice would be something else that we also mentioned is follow your bliss. Um, if you if you know what you want, focus on it. And it will come. You just work towards that and you work, you know, do what you can to, 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 you know, uh, get closer to your goal. Um, they're uh, working with a production company in new Orleans was, uh, a big, 
uh, leap, I would say, in, in, as pertaining to my career and how, how mm -hmm. mine made the jump from uh, what we were doing with Change to Eden, which we, and we were doing it. We were, you know, I was doing booking. Uh, we were doing shows. and You guys and, were you know, really, we were, really busy there. We you did, had that we did. stretch where you were we, really. We, uh, we, we, were, we were considered uh, a regional, you know, southeastern, eastern region, but, you know, we would go up Kentucky, all the way from Kentucky to Texas to Florida, you know, so that, it was really the whole South. So, but going from that and going into the next level, and if I were to give advice to a, a sound person or a, a lighting person would be, uh, there is a lot of wealth and, and of knowledge that you can gain from working with a production company. Um, we don't really have as many of them here locally. If, if we do we have a few, they're small. Mm -hmm. uh, Gearbox is a good one. Um, Ryan Myers. Yeah, Ron Myers. I, actually, yeah. I was I was working a gig. I was singing at Golden Nugget. It was for the Queen's brunch, but I got to see Ron. I just I started asking him questions. And I was yeah. Like, wow. Just yeah. all the yeah. Because those I, guys we, are great. We went to school together. We went to college together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy, man. And he's been definitely a go-to and with this Ground Zero project. By, you know, hands down, he has helped so much in the success of that. And, 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 hey, Ron. and he's one of those, you know, he's, it's not mentioned, you know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. really get the recognition that, uh, is obvious with, with others, you know, but, but, uh, a big part of it. So that was, that was going to work with pyramid audio was a big part of it. And then, you know, there's Kingston audio and there's, um, um, uh, what else? Uh, Propaganda. Propaganda's over in New Orleans. So there are a number of those companies. But and it, even if you didn't, if you didn't get into a production company, um, you know the IP has yeah. shows there. There's a way. There there are ways to put yourself in that position where you're there to learn it. You know, and there to pick up on it. You may be just pushing cases in the beginning. You know, and there you may be just hooking up lighting. Uh, the stuff at the Coliseum is very valuable in that respect, in that if you were pursuing this, that's a good way to get on one of the calls. They've got a couple of huge ones coming up with Guns N' Roses. That's going to yeah, be, saw that. that's probably going to be a 80 man call. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people on that call. Man. And those are, those are where they're, those are fewer and far between. You know, I wish it was every week, but, but still, it really has to do with, um, with with what a musician has to do as well, it's just, just go for it. You you just mm -hmm. go for it. You just say this is what I want to do, and you start pursuing it. And and um, in this in this trade, I guess you would call it, it really is uh, valuable. Um, it's who you know. There, it, it's really a lot about connections and 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 you know making a good impression with someone and. And that can lead to another one. I mean, those stories. That's I just the common told, thread. Yes, yeah. to most everything. It's like listening to you talk, and 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 many most stories like that is yeah. how one thing led to another, fed into another thing, and it was it yeah. was that act that you're talking about to someone, and just get your foot in the door, just how whatever it takes to to start start yeah. the process, start the process. That's it. That's yeah. it. And yeah. I mean, you know, it's good to have some something to back as a backup plan, sure. you know, but. But um, but there's a point where you have to point commit. You do, yeah. You you have to say, you're okay, right. I'm yeah. I'm in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Go I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to mm -hmm. see it through. I mean, that personally, that's the way it was with me. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, I was like, okay, I made the decision. Commitment. I made the commitment. I'm going to follow it through. I'm going to, and then I think, 
you know, I think with my parents, once I hit the five year, once I hit the 10 year mark, I think I was golden with them, but you know what I mean? But, but you, you know, when you get some, and, and then, you know, it's one of the terms that you hear all the time is, uh, uh, live in the dream or mm. follow the dream or, and it, it is so true. It really is true because for me, it has been because it's literally that, I mean, it almost seems surreal a lot of times, you know, that, that, that this has led to this. Or that it this had its own entity, is, that it took off on yeah, its own, and yeah. you just kind of got caught up in got it. Got caught up in I, it. I, I, I understand and that. You're, and you're literally, I, I know you've, you've experienced it too, yeah. where you're you're on some some just extraordinary gig, and you just have to, you literally have to pinch yourself. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, man, I'm, I'm really here doing this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, and you can imagine working with, with Mac Rabinac, we were, uh, I did Absolutely. five continents. Wow, five yeah. of the seven continents I visited w while working. Was with Antarctica him. your favorite? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> the, it was <laughs> kind of chilly. A, the, 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 the crowd was very it's chill. Not as cold as it, it's not no, as cold no, as it is it's here. It's a dry cold. It's a dry cold. It's not as cold as it is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, we're about to wrap this up. Thank you so much for uh, Mick, this is us. great. Yeah, this is great, you. man. I, I sat there and it's I was too just, bad because I, I could go on for no. We I mean, can do part one. This be part one. Do, we got yeah. a part two coming. Uh, the trilogy. The trilogy. Yeah. Hey, hey. The trilogy. I'm looking for <laughs> different titles. That'd be fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but what we're gonna do is uh, uh, I'm gonna let you end it off today. Okay. What Once am you, I saying? All you just do is to say, "Hey, I'm Hank Berman. I'm Jesse Hill." You say, "Oh, and then, that. You know, and then you just wrap it up like, "Hope to see you next time," and then that's it. Okay. Wait a minute. You always do something first. The, the high note, you say something that's... I'll just say, uh, well, they, everybody, thank you all so much for joining us. I, I, always, I always tell the guests, thank you for joining us. And then I go and say, my name is Jesse Hill. Just do it. Just do it. I don't have to do it this time. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today. I re really appreciate all Absolutely. the insight and the stories. And we are, I plan on having you on multiple times because that was, there's a lot of stories I can tell that's in there. And I wish I didn't have to be limited on time. Um, but thank you for sharing. Absolutely, man. This is uh, a pleasure. You, what, question before we leave: What do you think about what me and Hank are trying to do here? I love it. I think, think this cool is, uh, yeah, I, it's totally cool. And I've, I've, you know, learned more about podcasts just in this past year as well. And I love this. It, it, once again, this is one of those win-win yeah. things that's happening, and it's just it's super positive. Uh, um, there's a there's a you know a avenue for it now, and it's just uh it's just accessible yeah uh to to most everyone and jesse and i went into this as we're proud of where we're from and we're proud of the coast and and we, we touch on other bases but this is about the music and this is about the people that contribute or make the music as well and so this is this is a highlight for us in fact jesse has made comment on many times that you know there's there's work is work and has to be has to be labeled as work. You have to recognize that it is work, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's times to be serious and there's times to put your, you know, teeth together, clench them and go. There's other times where, you know, look, it's, it's work, yeah. but what fun, what a great job. Yeah. yeah. And we're trying to, uh, our, our, our mission, I guess, statement would be that trying to bring, uh, the level of, of uh, recognizability of, of you guys and, and the music to, to people that, that ordinarily wouldn't know and the history, certainly the history of, of where music has been on the coast. And, and you're a very integral part of it. You've seen it and been a part of it. So like I said, so this is, we're very happy that you're here and, and we want to continue. Uh, yeah. We're bringing guests that, that uh, contribute 
Look, and this, have this, this is this is breaking ground for us too. Having Mick on here with the sound and because we've had we've had musicians. Yeah. With Vicky, we had a, uh, somebody who books. Right, the marketing and the aspect. marketing aspect. Now we have a sound and and, yeah. and management. So it's someone really, in the yeah. trenches. Somebody in the trenches. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's good. Yeah. And uh, and the names that you're fired off. So I don't, I haven't told anybody this. Maybe I told you this, but 12 years old when in 2002 when the Eagles came to the Gulf Coast Coliseum, I saw Joe Walsh play with the Eagles. Yeah. And he was he was you know hokey and kind of all over the place making those faces. That's true. And then I went home, and for about a whole year I just learned the guitar. I just oh, that's myself good. Away. And yeah. so I always tell people, oh, because I do Sinatra. You know, where'd you where would I was like actually I really started in music after that Eagles concert and saw Joe Walsh just go shred the guitar and I was like I want to do that. And now I don't do that. Right. But it led me into music. It, so. uh, it, it was a stepping stone. So like, yeah, which, and and you know there's so many I hear I learn of uh, that happened with Jimi Hendrix, yeah, like Billy Gibbons, oh, and wow. all these major players. How, how many of the generation that saw Elvis Presley for the first yeah. time, or yeah. the Beatles on Ed Sullivan? Yeah, my dad, my dad, all was these. Th I mean, saw, it's like he saw that's Elvis what twice. it's all about. Really, right. that's 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 what it's all about. I think yeah. you know is that it's inspiring that fire. Of it's that inspiration that you see something you're yeah, like I'm inspired. I yeah. want to do that, and nobody, nobody wants to mimic. They want to like be their own thing. But there's, if you look at Elvis, like he, he saw Dean Martin, he saw the gospel churches. I mean, he, he oh, yeah. mesh, meshed it all into one. You know, Little Richard, all these people. Yeah, and here's the tie. I know we we keep saying we're going to end up. I could <laughs> <laughs> be here all day, but, <laughs> but I'm getting text but, messages but, saying, "Hey, we got to." But uh, my one of my favorite singers, and in, in talking about Ground Zero and, and blues and that that uh, that genre, that aspect of it. Big Mama Thornton. Yeah. You know, I everybody, you know, Elvis doing Hound Dog. I remember seeing the clip and the old black and white clip of him with a some knucklehead, uh, Sid Caesar or somebody, one of their variety shows had him with a puppet of a of a hound dog. He's singing, well, then I heard Big Mama Thornton, you ain't nothing, that voice. And that, and yeah. it was that, that uh, uh, sparse, uh, uh, back uh, there's three piece I think there no two piece I think it was a bass and drums rhythm section, and she's just going nuts and uh, uh, Chicago buddy uh, buddy guy buddy guy yeah is playing guitar this old fifties clip of her doing it, but she made it real and it's like no it ain't about a cute little puppy you son of a bitch you yeah. you went out on me and you did me wrong you're a you're a hound. That's that's wow. the real. The that's real the version, real story. Yeah, but yeah. that was the clean up version, yeah. the cleaned up version that that the record companies to 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 introduce it to white audiences. Oh sure. yeah. yeah, but like white audiences didn't do any of the other, you know. But, yeah, but yeah. but as far as uh, 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 a spectrum of music or whatever, it was different. But but no, that's when uh, that's the difference. Yeah, Big Mama Thorne's the real deal. Not that Elvis wasn't. Yeah, I mean Elvis was great and and is great, and he's <laughs> even watch how you say about she, she did do it first though. Yeah, yeah but she, she did, did it first, first in a whole totally different rim. Yeah, it was yeah. totally different. Yeah. It was like Smoky Bar, you yeah. did this to me. You yeah. ain't nothing. About yeah, ratty. Yeah, now you're yeah. crying because I walked away from you. Yeah, it, it's blues. Yeah, and Elvis loved the blues too. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jesse Hill. I'm Hank Berman. I'm Mick Steele. Thank you all so much for joining us. And until next time, I think we're going to have the Mixed Steel Trilogy. This is part one. Mick, thank awesome. you so much for joining us. Thank you. Man. Have what a, a pleasure. Going.